0: Hello again, Pastor Deborah here, and this is another class of the King's International Spiritual Care University. We are still in the basic courses of helping people and learning how to do it from the way of the Lord, the spiritual realm's way. This one is episode or class number 11 called Basic Ancient Faith. Before one can really step out and really help people with signs and wonders and miracles, there has to be a deep ancient faith. And I want to tell you how I got there. Long time ago, as I think you've heard some, some other videos, I had a faith in Christ, but it was at a level of a baby Jesus Christ, or the man Jesus, or I wasn't, hadn't gone to Bible school. I wasn't a pastor, but I had faith. Oh, and I prayed, but I saw nothing like what I read about in the Bible. No signs. No wonders, no words of knowledge, nothing. So my faith was small, even though I had some. So then, as I began to grow and to learn how to no longer be and think from the concepts, the ideas of a mental health counselor to help people with their deep interpersonal relationships, with their deep selfs or hidden worlds with their trauma and their tragedy and their addictions i had a lot to learn so i began i read books about faith what it was i listened to sermons and preaching and teaching about having faith i heard the scriptures over and over and over again and i thought i was learning and i thought my faith was growing But it wasn't. I didn't even have enough faith. When I joined the prayer team. Of the church I was at. To have the power of God move through me. I was so afraid. Some of us are afraid. If we get that kind of faith. And things happen. As we pray for. We will be ostracized. We will be brought up against. Traditions and culture. We may even lose our jobs for just praying. We may not like what happens to us. The challenges and the attacks that come. Because our prayers were answered. Many of us don't even hear the voice of God. There are some chaplains and pastors who are trained. That you do not need to hear his voice anymore. And if you do hear it. Then you are hallucinating, and you are hearing voices, and you need some mental health treatment. So there are actually ordained ministers and chaplains and pastors who have gone to Bible schools, got ordained, and that is their belief. There are some that believe we don't need any experiences because they're too subjective. You could kind of miss the truth. All you need is the written word. Now that came from Martin Luther, who was brought before the Catholic priest when he was being judged on his 95 thesis. And what he told him is, look, I'm just going to stand on what the word says. And I'm going to stand on the word alone. So many people came into unity with just what the word said and not what at that time the pope and the priests were saying which contradicted what the word had said because this Martin Luther guy he was a well trained uh, educated person who worked he was a priest he was a teacher he worked in a university he read Greek, Hebrew, probably many other languages and he had a struggle he was under spiritual attack and he finally got revealed to him it wasn't by anything anybody did It wasn't anything that anybody had to do. They couldn't buy their way into forgiveness, out of purgatory, and into paradise. And this so bothered Martin Luther. He was struggled by demonic attacks. And then the scriptures were opened. It was only by faith, by believing, that one became born again. Came saved. Became a new creature. And was replaced. Back into the family of God. Nothing else. Just by faith. What a powerful revelation Martin Luther had. But yet the Catholic Church. Which he was a part of at the time. Couldn't see that. It was hidden to them. Or. Satan had gotten in there and twisted their thoughts and their ideas so they would teach error to the people. Anyway, the people were believing the only way they could get anywhere with this God was buy their way in, climb up steps, beat their backs, uh, give away all their goods, anything and everything. And of course, it always cost money because you could buy your way out of purgatory And the sins of your forefathers. And you could buy your way. Shortened in the time. By getting an indulgence. You give the Catholic church some money. And they give you a piece of paper. Done. All forgiven. Off you go. Church made money. Built all of its beautiful beautiful cathedrals. And you were happy. But it was all wrong. And Martin Luther found that out. So in his trial in the Catholic Church about this doctrine of by the word of God only, by faith only, he was challenged. And from that, after I had studied Martin Luther, read his biography, watched the movies, I learned at the great turmoil that was going on at that time, faith was trying to break out. It had been put into prison cells held captive by well-meaning Catholic priests who really believed that only they who had gone to school were educated, who had doctorate degrees, went to Bible school, went to colleges, had taken the oath. Only they knew what the scriptures really meant. Everybody else of us were just children. We were ignorant. We couldn't even read, most of us. And we surely couldn't read Latin or Greek or Hebrew or Aramaic. So they had to tell us, interpret to us what it meant. They just put a little spin on it. So Martin Luther is one of the first steps that you'll have to study to help your faith increase. Also, there were other ones. Wendell, Wendell, excuse me. William Tyndale. Who was out of England. And he also was a Catholic priest. Monk. Teacher. Professor. Read Greek. Hebrew. Latin. And he felt that it was important. That people have the Bible. In their own common language. In their own country. So he started to. Translate the bible into english many years before that martin luther did the same thing he had gotten kidnapped by a king to protect him from being killed for his heresy so they thought against the pope and the catholic church and his two years in confinement in this king's castle what did he do he translated the latin vulgate bible The Latin and the Greek and the Hebrew into the German language. Now the printing press was coming along about that time. It picks it up. Secret people get it out into Germany. Into the German language. The common people now could start reading for themselves the Bible. The words themselves. Without any college, without any Bible schools, without any interpretations. Because the Holy Spirit would tell them what it meant. Then came, as I said, William Tyndale, John Huss, many, many others who believed it was time to take this foreign language of a Bible, the Word of God, out of the hands of the Catholic Church into the common languages. Every one of them got burned at the stake, got killed, got ostracized. It was very rough. Because at that time the Catholic Church ruled Europe, and its philosophy was: you will not even speak the Lord's Prayer in English or your common tongue. If you do, you're going to be burned at the stake. There was such an attack, a, a presence trying to keep the word from the people. That he that this evil presence we would call it today the spirit of antichrist was holding keeping in captivity the word of God to the people people died to get the word to us to translate it into the many different languages it took faith and belief that this word was for everybody and once they had revelations of this and then by faith And with a lot of courage, they stepped out. William Tyndale has a great, great movie called God's Outlaw. They all became hunted men by the Catholic Church. Hunted. The Bibles were burned. Why? Because something that did not want the common people to have the word of God in their own hands in their own language, for themselves. So their faith could grow. And they could have this ancient faith. Was fighting against it. I studied all those peoples. I studied the ancient history of Christendom. I studied Constantine. I studied all of those. When the Roman Empire started falling, due to a young girl who came in with moving in the gifts of the spirit. I saw, I I watched the movies. I watched history channels. I watched bibliographies. I even went back and watched Egypt. Because old Akhenaten, he knew there was one God. He actually found through historical things, In some of his ancient writings, who was King Tut's father, the Lord's Prayer written out. God was working through people he could find who would have faith. But who would also, through this faith, be willing to put their own lives on the line to get this precious word out. So I began to see the great faith that I did not have. Mine was the baby faith in the baby Jesus. I still saw him on Christmas in the manger as a little boy, still as the man, not as the glorified word that was anointed. Didn't have that revelation early on. Then, after I studied all those, watched the movies, the YouTube videos, over and over, bought the books, read their biographies, read, studied, watched movies. Then I was directed to watch another man, George Mueller. He was back in England, probably in, I don't remember, it's the 1600s, the 1700s, or the 1800s. He has an excellent thing on YouTube. He wrote his own autobiography. George Mueller was a preacher, and God called him to pull the children, who were orphans and street urchins, as they called them, and take care of them to build orphanages. Now, this was a man who had no money, very sickly. And God asked him to do a great thing in England. Take the children off the streets, build homes, have Sunday school, build a Bible school, and keep preaching with no money. But he became such a partner in faith with God. When the video I watched, this one Baptist minister said he thought he had faith till he watched the movie and read the story of George Mueller. He realized he didn't have it. I realized I didn't have the kind of faith that George Mueller had. That wasn't even at the level of Christ Jesus' faith in his father. I hadn't even attended to the George Mueller level. My faith was still way, way back there with Christmas trees. Santa Claus and the Easter bunnies. I, I, I had little ancient faith. And what I did had was so small and there was really uh, uh, there was a relationship but it really wasn't much of nothing, you know. So George Mueller is the one that really took me to giant leaps. Because what he did was God told him, you go get the kids, I'll take care of them. They went into a partnership of helping people. Now, George was an interesting preacher. He was a Protestant. And uh, he never told anybody his needs. He uh, built a Bible school. Distributed Bibles. And uh, he would preach. Now, when he preached... You might tell them, we're going, to get, we're going to take care of orphans. We're going to get the street kids. That was it. He never took off an offering. He put a box at the back of the room and he believed, God, if you want your people to give, then you speak to them. I'm not going to take an offering. I'm not going to beg. I'm not going to tell of all our needs. I'm just going to tell them what I'm doing. That's it. One little simple thing. God told me to help the street kids that was it so then he expected his partner who had told him to do this to speak to his own people and tell him to put some money in or tell him to bring a spoon by or tell him to bring just enough shillings to pay for the evening's meals some days once he got going they might have breakfast but that was it so the matron who actually Everybody that came to work for them. God prayed them in. George would go in his back room. Maybe with his wife. Maybe with one other person. And privately they prayed for the needs. And that was it. He didn't talk about it. Of course there was no email. He didn't speak about it in church. And him and God had this wonderful partnership. Every day. God would speak to somebody, show up with food, a spoon, or some help. He eventually, in this partnership, by faith, was taking care of 10,000 orphans in England. had a Bible school, Bible distributing company, still preaching, was sick a lot. And one of the wonderful stories also, as his faith grew, And people started hearing about this, and how him and God worked together, and how him and God were partners, and how he prayed. He became became invited to go uh, to America to speak. And on the crossing, there was a terrible, terrible storm. And the captain of the ship came to him and said, Mr. Mueller, could you please pray to your God and have him stop the storm? He said, no problem. So George Miller went into the cabin, the captain's cabin to pray. And the captain came in there and George said, no, sir, you cannot come in here. You do not believe. So the captain had to leave. George prayed, storm stopped. This was a powerful man of faith, a relationship with God. He totally dependent a hundred percent knowing what God wanted to do. His faith had to be stretched. Oh, he didn't have it easy. He was sick a lot. He was the stress would come. God kept asking him to do more with less, get another building, take care of more kids. And this was a work between George Mueller and the kingdom of heaven and its king, God. Once you read his story, his autobiography, you watch movies about him, you will do the same as the Baptist pastor and I did. We ain't got the faith. Our faith is nothing. We're not even at George Mueller's level of ancient faith. And if I couldn't even get my faith and relationship to God, to the George Mueller faith, or the William Tyndale faith, or the John Huss's faith, or the Martin Luther King's faith, Martin Luther King, excuse me, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther If I couldn't even get my faith in the word of God. And then exceed the word to the giver of the word which George Mueller did. How was I going to have this Christ Jesus kind of faith that he had with his father. And he showed us. And how he talked to us and the signs and the wonders and the healings that he did. I didn't even have the faith of Moses or Joshua yet from the Old Testament to do major battle against powerful nations and kings like the Pharaoh. I didn't know how to bring walls down, walk around and be silent for seven days and then blow a trumpet I didn't even have their level of faith I didn't have it yet I thought I did but when I stepped into this realm of helping people the Lord's way I had to increase my faith I didn't even have a lot of times the level of Abraham, the father of faith, but I had an experience that would test it. On many other videos you hear about this. As one day I was walking down my hallway and I had started working with Satanists and Satanists and witches and the occult in church and God asked me, how much did I love them? would? I sacrificed my own son, who was about maybe 10 or 12 at the time, and myself, in a satanic meeting. And have my son be skinned alive in front of me to just save one satanist. Was my faith and love of the satanist and of God that mature? That trusting. I go. Yes sir. Then he said. Would you yourself. Allow yourself. To be crucified alive. Like my son was. On a cross. In a satanic meeting. As a sacrifice. For just one satanist. And what do you think I said. I said yes sir my love for the witches and the satanists and the called, and the islamic people and the buddhists and the hindus those that serve satan that are in hidden worlds and abused was more than i could bear most days and my love just to save one of them i knew my son and i would go to heaven upon our earthly death that was no question I had already had the greatest blessing ever. Restored back into the family of God. But I knew those Satanists were not. And if somebody didn't come and help them. I was going through the Abraham and Isaac mountaintop experience. Where I was to take my son and myself to the mountaintop. And to prove my love to this God and to the, for the Satanist. And I said, Yes, sir. I love you that much and I love them. And I trust you. And out of obedience, I brought my spiritual hand and I slayed my own son in my heart and myself. I died that day. And my earthly biological son died to me that day. I didn't know all the ramifications of that for many years to come. But I walked to that level of Abraham. I used to pray a lot. Father, I haven't even, I don't have what the old patriarchs had and the prophets had. I used to always pray. God, if you did this for Ezekiel and you gave him some wonderful spiritual trips, And Isaiah and Enoch. Father, I want those same things. I want to see as they saw. I want to know and see that realm I didn't see. I was dipping into ancient faith and love. That I had never heard of. Was never challenged by the church. And anywhere I went. So ancient faith had to come out. My little teeny weeny baby Jesus faith had to take big steps. And it didn't happen overnight. It happened by experiences. God asking me questions. What did I value? Who was more important? Would I allow myself to die? Faith was growing. But then I found all those from early Christianity. Whew. I had a long way to go. I read the Old Testament, all the battles and the wars and the prophets. I had a lot of faith to learn. I had to pray over my ears so I could spiritually hear the voice of God. Clearly and directly. I had to be sensitive to him. I had to learn how to be ready at a moment's notice to be in the spirit. Moving the gifts. I would never heard about that. Then came George Mueller. And I literally cried. Because I knew my faith was not even at his level. So how could I even have ancient faith? I wasn't there. So I prayed to even just start. To have the faith of the early fathers. The early ones who were persecuted that were killed by lions through Nero the ones that fought to get the word of God into their own languages burned at the stake and then George George Mueller I had to get to the least the George Mueller state I read his books I watched it over and over I prayed for that kind of level of faith. And what happens? Opportunities come for you to step into that level of faith of George Mueller. Now, George had to hear the voice of God. And if you're not hearing the voice of God, okay, there can be many different reasons. What happens to some people? They have feelings. Or they wait for the peace of the Lord to come. Or they just read the scriptures. Those are all wonderful ways that God can speak to you. But I went this route. I said, now wait a minute. Moses heard you in the burning bush. Joshua heard you. All the prophets heard you. Samuel, all of the leaders and judges heard you you had took people on vision trips to the spirit well Isaiah heard you they all heard you clearly they saw things you appeared you talked they did not question the visions they were having I wanted that kind of faith that relationship with God that my faith would it grow so I prayed. When you pray to have George Mueller's kind of faith, you're going to be tested. You're going to be tested as Moses was when he threw the rod down to the Pharaoh, and it wasn't real powerful. And he says, oh, "Please forgive me, Lord, for the weak use of Your power." You'll start off that way. Okay, I had to learn and look at the prophets. And their miracles, and their signs, and their life. How did they get there? You must be able to hear the spiritual voice of the Holy Spirit that's in you. Sometimes it will come in dreams. It will come through songs. But you'll go, you're speaking to me, and you know it. How it really works is ancient faith. It is in the Holy Spirit. He releases that to your spirit. Your spirit grows on it, feeds on it, lives on it. It's nourished by that. Then that faith and that light begins shining out through the gateway from your spirit to your soul. And your soul starts receiving, which it had not been receiving. Because it does not believe in this spiritual voice of God. It's foolishness to him. But it starts receiving from the spirit what the spirit has already received. Because God is trying to get the spirit and the soul unified under him so george Mueller challenged me i prayed to get there just to get there and i had to pray to have the courage and the strength when knives were coming at me guns were going to shoot at being poisoned i had my life was threatened sexual allegations which were false Were filed against me. I had to have faith. I had to live a life. That if there was any videotapes on me. Any spy satellites. Now it's all cell phones. There would be nothing to see. My words had to reflect. I was a mother. Talking to children. My ethics from the mental health counselors knew I couldn't do anything to these children. Couldn't take any kind of service from them, benefits from them, money from them. My job was as a doctor, a minister. So me and George got to know each other pretty good. Now he's passed away, as you know. And they did change him. the system, he still has a George Mueller Association. It's a non-profit now. And they sort of have group homes and compared to what they used to have back when he started. But can you imagine taking care of 10,000 street children and orphans? Also have a wife. Also have a church. Also travel. Also have a Bible school and a Bible distribution ministry. He was sick a lot, had a lot of pains, but he didn't tell anybody. His autobiography is wonderful to read. And you will go, I ain't there. I'm not even there. Then once you pray that and you desire that ancient faith, the test will come for you to step out into that faith of George Mueller. Tests will come to see if you hear the voice of God in your dreams, in your prayer times, in church, wherever it is. That you know that you know. I always challenge my son. I don't want to know what you feel. I don't care if you have peace or no peace. I want to know, Mr. Prophet or son or anybody. What did God directly say to you? And I usually get. Well I don't hear his voice. So I have to tell them. You need to start praying over your spiritual ears. Because you can go to a church. Watch a movie. The words and the sounds are coming in. The biological brain is receiving sound waves. But your spirit. It does not. Translate any of that. So you have to pray over your dullness of your hearing. You have to work with God. You have to pray over your ears and your understanding. I'll use my father, he's dead now. When he was about 89 or 90, he had a hearing test because he had been wearing double hearing aids. And they tested him that he could hear the sound like I'm going to say the word book. He could His biological brain could receive the sound waves of the sound changed from the word book and in here it's sound waves his brain could receive that but his understanding of what those sounds meant that's where the difficulties lie now he was 90 so we can expect some problems but most of us we go to church we hear sermons we hear song we Go away and we don't remember anything. A test comes and we forget it. Can't remember. Now, another thing. I never memorize scripture. I read it over and over and over and over and over and over again. Because I trust the Holy Spirit that whatever I need, He will bring it up to me if I've read it. And He will bring it to my memory to use it. Now, I'll explain that how that worked in a church service. I was in a church service and the pastor um, stood up and said, let's all get in a prayer team with your most trusted prayer person. And I heard the Lord say to me, trust no man. I knew what that meant. That was the word of God. That I was not to put trust in myself or any other person. So I said, okay, I'm going to turn around by myself. Because I saw strangers getting with strangers. Pastors with other pastors. I said, are those the most trusted prayer partners ever? I said, I'll just pray by myself with the Holy Spirit. Who is my most trusted prayer partner forever he knows me he knows the father he is with me he is inside of me he will lead me and guide me and my prayers i said i just pray with him because he is my most trusted prayer partner ever then in a little while later the same pastor said i got another idea Uh, let's all get in groups of 12 12 is a very authoritative Number from the 12 tribes of Israel. Let's get in a group of 12. And let's all pray for marriages. Revival. Healing people to be set free. So wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, prayers to be praying. And I said to myself. Because the pastor said. God did not tell him to do this. But he thought. It was a good idea. Now I had just turned and prayed. With the Holy Spirit. Because I was heard, don't trust any man as your prayer partner. Now by this time, I got George Mueller back here. I got all the Old Testament prophets. I got Moses and Joshua, King David and Nathan. I got Isaiah, Amos. I got them back there. I know who they prayed to. And I know who their most trusted prayer partner was. So the pastor said, God didn't tell him to do it. I said, okay. I said this to myself. If God didn't tell you to do this, I am not going to do it because you are flesh. It's just man. Sounds good. So a lady walked up to me and said, would you like to join? I said, no, the Holy Spirit won't let me. I turned around again by myself, kneeled down, and prayed by myself on the pew. I said, Oh, God, please touch people, bring revival, heal marriages, get people well. And the next thing I know, my eyes are closed now. I hear him say, Hello, daughter. You're up here with me. Let go. He goes, What do you see down there? And I looked with my eyes closed. From wherever I was. And I saw 2,000 people. Standing in this church's. Sanctuary. In groups of 12. Praying their hearts out. Crying out to God. For salvations. And healings. And people. I could see them, I could hear them, I could hear the sound. He goes, I don't hear them. I said, but sir, they're down there, they're praying. They're praying for good things. He says, yeah, but I didn't tell the pastor to do this. This is a work of the flesh. And I don't listen to flesh. I don't hear a thing those 2,000 people are saying. I only listen to my words, my instructions. I go, oh no, God, but aren't their hearts right praying for you? He said, no. They followed another voice. They followed the pastor who even said to them, I didn't tell him to do it. So I am not obligated to hear them I am not obligated to receive the prayers it is not from me and I cried because those 2000 people did not know that so you are up here with me because you did not follow another voice you did not follow the leading of a man flesh sounded good didn't sound bad I learned a great thing that day. That when you follow and listen to people and not hear the voice of God and understand Him, a lot of your things you do, your prayers you do, nothing happens. No signs, no wonders, no miracles. Nothing. Remember, I got George Mueller back there. I got men of faith. There's even a thing in the New Testament about the histories of the people of faith. I didn't even have a lot of their levels. So my faith had to grow. Experiences in church had to come. I had to practice these lives that I read from the Bible. And I saw in church documentaries, ancient Beginnings. People who stepped out in faith. Oh, they were killed. They're all up in heaven. I wasn't even at George Mueller's level. So how if I can't even get to George Mueller's level. And have a relationship and partnership. A deep working relationship. Through prayer. With God to help people. I wasn't going to be able to get to the Christ Jesus level yet. That was even a higher level than George Mueller. I wasn't even at George Mueller level. I wasn't even at Moses' level when I started. So I do keep reading the stories. Do you know how many times I read George Mueller? Watch the videos. These ancient people who stepped out in faith. Who were against all odds. And how they had to hear the voice of God. They had to have clear directions. Now I know people want that. Because that's why the psychics, the tarot card readings, the fortune tellers. They are so powerful. Because the human spirit knows it is supposed to be in contact with, in partnership with, hearing from, getting directions from a spiritual higher power. Even ancient Egypt knew that. Even all the pharaohs knew that. The spirit realm, the realm of power and magic, leading and guiding was always a part of humanity. So when a Christian, I have it all the time at my TNW play market. People come by. Oh, do you have tarot card readings here? Yes, we do. Do you have psychics here? Yes, we do. Because people don't hear from God himself. And I talk to people and they go, I pray, but I never hear his voice. People don't know how to hear the voice. Because a lot of times they're praying with their soul. They're praying their soulish prayers, their flesh desires. Not from the spirit. And they don't really know this God that well to know what he wants. And what will bring him glory. And how he works. And what his purposes are. So they don't hear. So when I got to this stage. I didn't have any of the ancient faith. I was back there with baby Jesus. In the manger. So I was cried. Because I had a long way to go. To even get to the Christ Jesus level. Or the Paul's level. Or some of the Mother Mary's level. I didn't even have her. Didn't have one of them visions like she did. Didn't have an angel come to me when I was young. I may have, but I didn't know it. Didn't have that. Because we all need something. But Jesus has a lot to say to us about faith. Some people say we need signs and wonders to believe. He says, you, you ain't going to get that. you got to believe without seeing. Because he's already provided all the examples for us. And people have to learn to hear his voice. Is it your soul talking to you? I tell God, I'm going to pray a prayer, but don't answer me yet. Because it could be my own soul's voice. giving me the answer i want some people just go well i get peace or i have a feeling when the charismatic movement came about i guess in the 70s people started feeling the lord i had i got a feeling i got peace and i always go that's wonderful but what did god personally say to you in prayer And I had to go study God and the Holy Spirit in the old Bible. He talks. He was a talking God. He talked to people. He talked through signs. He talked to people. He had angels coming down talking to people in the temple. He had them talking through animals. He talked. He talked. He talked. And he said, I am the same today as I was back then. I talk. I speak. I use many different means to talk to people. And I'll tell you another story. When you get in the flesh so much and you're doing something you think you are supposed to be doing, but you hadn't really heard from God and you weren't sure who started it. And I use me because I'm a good example. I had wanted a prison ministry and to reach out. So I started sending Lots of Xerox copies of books and stories, writing letters to people in solitary confinement prisons. I kept getting letters back for more and more and I kept sending them. But it was costing me a lot of paper, ink, and time. Now I felt good that I was getting the word out. But I started praying, God I don't understand, if you've told me to do this, how come I am getting stressed out and angry? The requests keep coming in. I'm trying to meet them, but I'm not getting any money. I'm, um, you know, going in debt. And uh, what's up? Is this even of you or not? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Now, I loved it. My flesh loved it. It loved helping people with the word of God. Okay, prayed that a few times. Kept doing it. Then one day, my dad calls me about 8 o'clock in the morning and says, I just heard from God. What you are doing with the prisoners is not from him. It's from Satan to steal your time, your energy, your money. So you will be seen as following another voice. It is not from God and you must stop. I'm going In my whole life, my father had never said anything like that to me. But I was so deep into the flesh that I couldn't see or hear God. And it took an outside person that I knew didn't really have that to tell me. That was my answer. And I had it. Still, I was so in bondage to this flesh, my idea, I got the idea that Satan was behind it. To steal my time, my energy, and my money. And to make me look like I'm doing God's work, but I'm following my own desires and Satan's. It took me a few more months and another talking from my father to say you must stop doing this it's not of god i was in bondage to this the flesh will get there and it doesn't want to stop because it wants to be seen as good and righteous and it will even go and i did for a few months i kept doing it until i eventually had to stop so I had a case when I was so much in the flesh not doing and covered by a veil of darkness believing I'm doing God's work believing that God ordained it and it was really Satan and I tried it again later in another prison ministry and here's what I get they're just using you to get free envelopes and free stamps they don't care a thing about the money but Satan will suck life and joy and money out of you through people who have not yet been changed. And you believe you're doing a good job. Had to stop that. So I've had some experiences where I did not hear God. And yet I did things that I thought was good. So I've had to learn, no, you tell me what he said. I just talked to some guy who's called himself a prophet. He said, God told us we're supposed to work together. This is from LinkedIn. I said, that's fine. What were the words, word for word, what did God tell you? Well, you know, God talks to people in all different ways. No. If you're a prophet, what are the exact words that God told you to tell me? Because I hear from God. Well, I'm supposed to come to America, and you're supposed to help me get there. So we can do these deliverances. Well, sir. God and I are already doing that on social media. I don't help anybody come to America. Go to the embassy. So was that of God? No. So here's a prophet. Remember the Bible talks much about false prophets. That are in the church. They're out there. So you can challenge them. Ask them. What did God say directly to you? Word for word. If you go back in the Old Testament or you go back to Jesus are there any signs and wonders? I even get after people doing deliverance work. They yell and scream and they have all kinds of movements with their hands against the demonics. The demonics are not hard of hearing. Sometimes Jesus said it's done. It's all in the spirit realm. You don't have to do much. But they're trying to show by flesh power. For the, not the demons, they already know. So they scream, they yell. I even had to learn, my early learning was the blood, the blood, the blood. But you don't do that. It does torment the demons. But you'll never hear Jesus pleading his own blood. I had to learn a lot of things. So, I first thing, though, I had to have some ancient faith. I had to study faith, I had to read a lot of books on faith. Listen to a lot of sermons on faith. Read about a lot of the people that the Bible talks about of faith. I had to study the early Christians who were being crucified, who were martyrs. I had to have faith. I had to just get to the George Mueller level. And that began. So you too, when you're wanting and desiring to help people, your basic class, you better find some, study some, Get some and at least get to the George Muir of faith. When we get to the advanced classes, you will then get into the Christ Jesus level of faith. And the Paul level of faith. And those are beyond George Muir. But right now, we just need some ancient basic faith. I hope you've enjoyed this basic class for today. Watch it again and again. Go and look up all these uh, men and women of faith on YouTube. Uh, Study the documentaries, the ancient history. Even study the pharaohs in Egypt. They had faith in their pharaoh. That when he died, sort of like Christ, he was going to go into the underworld. He was going to defeat the demons. And he was going to hold off chaos. If that's not the resurrection story, they had it. It was in a strange form. And they even had it that he was God on earth. So are we. We are the exact image and likeness. We are the offspring. The very image we are. Jesus calls us God's himself. Who have been given this word. So don't think yourself anything less than what you're told. Enjoy, have a great day, take lots of notes, and I hope to see you again in another basic class because we got a lot to go through before I can get you into the advanced and even into a lot of concepts. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.